Welcome to Paranormal Almanac. With your host, Kurt Sandvig. That's right, I'm your host, Kurt Sandvig, and on this week's edition of Paranormal Almanac, let's talk about living for the dead. But first, as always, that's right, living for the dead. I said it. But first, as always, we have shout-outs. Head on over to patreon.com slash paranormalalmanac if you want to support the show. That's how. That's the best way to do it. There are other ways of supporting the show. You can also go to tpublic.com slash stores slash paranormal-almanac and buy yourself some merch. It's a great way to show off the show, tell people about the show. You can wear shirts, you can buy stickers, uh, hoodies, you can do all lots of baseball shirts, all kinds of stuff. But it's a good way to show off the show and tell people about the show. Um, another good way to support the show, though, is Patreon, where you can get even more episodes and bonus content and a bunch of cool stuff. And it's just a great way to support the show because that's how I buy all of my paranormal gear when I do paranormal investigations. So thank you to all the patrons. I'll get to the shout-outs in just a second. Don't you worry. You each get your own shout-out every episode. I do not care. Please don't skip ahead. These people make the show. Another way you can support the show is head on over to youtube.com slash paranormal underscore almanac. That's right. Paranormal Almanac is on YouTube. Oh, my God. I should be doing this episode. Now I won't do this episode on, on YouTube because... This episode is primarily pre-recorded, so it'd just be me introducing a clip, listening to the clip, then me introducing a clip, listening to a clip. Uh, so it wouldn't be quite as exciting if that last one was exciting for you. Uh, but don't worry, I have a new video ready to, not ready, almost ready. Boy, it takes a lot to do video, I'll tell you that. But I'll have a video up and gone, uh, up and ready shortly, soon. And I'm filming more of it this Saturday, what I'm very excited about. But... Like I said, the first thing, as always, I do in this show is shout-outs to the patrons. That's right. We have shout-outs going out to Charles Hunt, Lori, Bernard, uh, Alec, Roger, Kimberly, Adam, Karen, Ethan, Duran, James Love, Nikki, Lori, Alicia, Rebecca, Ann, Stephen, Jane Ann, Jennifer, Heather G., your spooky neighborhood skinwalker. Zuzu's, what's it? Nico Sharon the Mouse, Mark and Tina, Mike from Jersey, Jay Bizzle, Andy, Tracy, Virginia Mailman, Tony, Magi Tony the Magician, Jason, Vicky Crow, Clay, Buzz, Tom, Lobita Works, Glacier Maine, Isabel, Jen Jen, Stacy, Amber, Tracy, Kelly Joe, Menace the Beast, Kickass Magic Robot Webcomic, Sandy, Paige, Couch, Bentman666, Andrew. Scott A, Andrea, Melody, Vanessa, Marisol, Liam, Roger, Becca, Jake, Charlotte, and the Beasties, Jen. Elizabeth, Sherry, Artmuth, and Tim, Kenneth, Ricky, Alexandra, George, Zozo the Demon, Hayden, Cindy, Ashley, Carrie, Robin, Will, Lauren, Russell, Isabel, Audra, Dorian, Cindy, Bob, Paula, Jerry, Jeff, Joe, Lawrence, the Lauren Strawn, hey howdy hi, Veronica, Autumn, J Mark, Manning, Carolyn, Ryan loves Melina. Jade, Nanashi, Todd, Jamie, and Elijah Hendrickson, Dan, Laura Pitts, and GamerFan. Thank you all to the patrons. 
oh so much. I hope that the patrons like the uh, the video because it's going to go to them first before it goes to YouTube. Um, I really hope you guys like this video. It's uh, it's one that I'm wanting to do for a while. But I also have three special shout-outs this time. Special shout-outs to Joe Teague and to Stitch. But on this week's episode, I'd also like to do a very special shout-out to Ken Boggle. Ken was incredibly, is incredibly cool, but was incredibly cool and kind enough to give up some of his time uh, for me, and I thank him for it. You'll hear more about that later, don't worry. But uh, just as a personal shout-out to Ken, uh, very cool guy. Very, very nice, very cool guy. Uh, he is one of the cast members on Living for the Dead. Not cast members, that's a weird way of saying it. He's one of the stars, one of the ghost hunties of uh, Living for the Dead. Uh, you'll hear more about that in just a second. Let's get to some paranormal news. We got a lot to get to on this show. Have you ever seen Bigfoot riding on the back of Nessie while being sucked up into the sky by a UFO, all to the soundtrack of a choir of ghost cats being led by a black-eyed child? Is this story true? Well, there's only one place you're going to find out. Get all my news from Paranormal News. Listen carefully for the clues. The stories are strange and bizarre. It makes you wonder just who we are. You got it, Buzz. Thank you, sir, for that uh, incredible intro. Still love that one. Always will love that one. The first story in paranormal news. That's what I'm doing, Buzz. Paranormal news. Uh, the first story in paranormal news. This real-life Oklahoma haunted mansion is for sale. What's the dark story behind it? That's right. A 12,000-square-foot haunted mansion is up for sale. As you guys know, if you've ever listened to this show, I love haunted real estate. I want nothing more than to move into some old haunted former nun's convent that's all, you know, seriously still haunted. Look, I just want to live in a haunted location more than I do already currently. I'm talking like a full big house that I own. That's the important key part there. I want to own haunted real estate. And well, here's your chance. It's called the Grizzo Mansion. It's in Seminole. Uh, what is that? Uh, Oklahoma. It's once again up for sale, this time listed for $1.8 million. Damn it, so close. I, uh, well, let me check my bank account. Uh, all right, it's listed for $1.8 million. I need $1.8 million more, and I can afford to buy this house. Uh, it was built in 1926 by a local oil baron. Uh, the Zillow listing boasts the four-bedroom, six-bath mansion is fully furnished, sits on about 11 acres, the property includes a vineyard, 1,600-square-foot garage, an in-ground pool, pool house, gazebos, fountains, statues, courtyard, tennis and bas basketball courts, lily and koi ponds, and an arboretum. Oh, and ghosts. They say they're also the guest quarters, once meant for servants, made up for two bedrooms, two bathrooms, and two living rooms. Uh, who built it? I don't know, some guy named Grizzo, probably. Let's see. Yep, William Grizzo, also known as Doc Grizzo. He came to Oklahoma in 1904 to become a doctor at that. Eh, doesn't matter. He's dead. Uh, let's see. He built the uh, mansion for his wife, Maggie. What's up, Rum? Hi, crazy girl. Um, is it haunted? Well, Palmer and Grizzo acquired much of the material. Right, Don't get to the haunted stuff. Ah, here we go. 
It's also been alleged that some of the land holdings were inherited from a seminal woman he married who later died, but there is no record of this, and the family disputes these rumors. Come here, Rum. Come on up. I'm doing an episode. Come here. I got to do an episode. I'll talk to you in a minute. I love you, but hold on. Uh, Palmer said that other families during this time had various attempts to exploit tribes because of how valuable oil became during this period. There was a lot of shady deals with either someone marrying someone in the tribe or a judge awarding someone custody of a minor becoming their guardian and being able to essentially steal their mineral rights. That's fucked up. Um, let's see. Stories of paranormal activity include seeing a woman that can be best described as Maggie Grizzo roaming the halls. Okay. Thank you, Rum. Appreciate it. I like that. They can be best described as Maggie Grizzo. Like, you're walking through the house and you're like, oh, shit, a woman ghost. How would you describe her? Uh, the best way to describe her is Maggie Grizzo. Come on. How the hell? It doesn't matter. Uh, they also see a little Native American boy in the basement and ballroom. According to the Native American Paranormal Project, which filmed a documentary in the mansion in 2013. The project was an attempt to capture paranormal activity as well as share tribal members' perspectives on the mansion and the history of the town's oil boom. That's cool. I got to check that out. Uh, so there you go. If you have 1.8 million lying around and you want to buy yourself or me a house, I won't say no, uh, there's your opportunity. But don't worry. But wait, there'll be more just coming up in just a minute in Paranormal News. But not right now. Because up next in Paranormal News, U.S. government wants to move conversation around UFOs from speculation to science. As you guys know, I have been saying from the get-go that science will prove the paranormal. I also believe that science will prove UFOs. Even though there's nothing to prove, nothing left to prove, the government has come out and said UFOs are real. Can we stop pretending like they didn't say that? But anyhow, uh, let's see. Basic stuff you already know. Governments came forward, former pilot, it doesn't matter. There, basically, the article is just saying that uh, instead of speculating about UFOs and belittling people that see the UFOs, let's say, yeah, they're real, and let's work with people to find out what and who they are. I think that's very cool. But since there's a lot to get to on this episode, I'll move on to the next one. The next story is, it's from the Tennessean, Big... <laughs> Bigfoot, Dogman, and other cryptids featured at first Middle Tennessee convention. That's right, from Bigfoot to Dogman, Tennessee's legends and monsters came to life this past weekend during the inaugural Wildman and Cryptid Con at Montgomery Bell State Park in Dixon County. See, the point of me telling you one about one that just passed is it doesn't matter where you are. I was going to say in the country, but I think even around the world, more and more of these paranormal conventions and cryptid conventions and haunted conventions and alien conventions and UFO conventions, they're happening everywhere. So keep an eye out in your local area and go to these because everyone that I go to, just about everyone I go to, I've absolutely loved. So keep an eye out, go to one, and be my, like, feet on the ground. I'll let you do a little segment of paranormal news about your time at whatever convention you go to. How's that? That sounds cool. I'd love to do that. Alrighty, up next in Paranormal News, yet another haunted location for sale? Well, need a roommate? An old sanatorium is up for sale with ghosts included. Holy crap. A haunted sanatorium is up for sale. Realtor Jan Rolf doesn't, doesn't live in the 8,400-square-foot facility with 12 rooms on each floor, but she believes ghosts do. That's right, we're talking about Pine City, Minnesota. 
The chilly fall weather will send a shiver up your spine, and so will the Pokagama Sanatorium. I'm sure I said that wrong. Near Pine City. Realtor Jan Rolf, uh, I already said that, uh, says they actually the whole town says it's haunted. The sanatorium was built in 1905, and up until World War II, held many people with tuberculosis who would either recover or die there. It's had a number of owners, but has been left vacant for around three decades. Holy crap, this thing sounds so flippin' cool. Listed for sale again, the $120,000 property comes with conditions. First of all, let me check my bank account. Let me see how much more money I need. Alrighty, I need $119,999 more dollars to buy this property. Uh, what are the conditions, though? Let's see if I can even do the conditions. The, uh, they could be just as curious of us as we are of them, said paranormal expert Eric Moan, who placed the sanatorium on his most haunted list. First of all, there's no such thing as a paranormal expert. I'm sure, Eric, you're a nice guy. There is no such thing as a paranormal expert. He says this was a classroom and they had desk. They had a desk in here and a chalkboard on that wall. When we were down here, we heard a five-year-old running up and down the wall. Down the wall? Okay, that's creepy. Uh, according to him, a tunnel in the basement of the hospital used to connect to other buildings on the property. He believes it holds the most paranormal activity. This particular voice said, Watch us from hell! All right. A CARE 11 crew checking out the site on Friday didn't experience that, but they did experience something else while exploring the sanatorium's basement. Did you hear that humming? What does that mean? What, is, what does that mean? What humming? Is there a video that goes along with this? I don't know. Let's see. Let's let's see if this video actually plays. Nope. Ads first. No free ads on my thing. If you want an ad, head on over to Disney Plus or Hulu and watch Living for the Dead. That's right. The show is actually out now. Came out a day earlier than it was supposed to. It is fantastic. Go watch that. Okay. Well, it could be the steal of the decade. A property with more than 30 rooms near Pine City is up for sale for just $120,000. But you might be sharing it. Morgan Wolf takes us inside. Chilly fall weather sending a shiver up your spine. So will the Pokagama Sanatorium. Pokagama. It's 8,400 square feet. Jan Rolf doesn't live here. How many rooms? Approximately 12 on each floor. But she believes that ghosts do. Actually, the whole town says it. <laughs> Built in the early 1900s, this is where many people with tuberculosis recovered or died. I just the told you guys all this. The closed during World War II and has had a number of owners. I told you that too. But it has been vacant for nearly three decades. I told you that It's too. got such strong structure. It's listed for sale and also on Paranormal Expert. It could be curious, just as curious of us as we are of them. Is this Eric the whole? Mons I just said all this. List. This was a classroom and they had uh, desks in here and they had uh, a chalkboard on that wall. When we were down here, we specifically heard there was a bunch of glass down here. We heard like a five-year-old, you know, five to eight-year-old person running up and down the hall. Also ah, at the end of this, hall. is this where the tunnel was? They wrote wall. Or is? The tunnel once connected to another building on the lot. Eric says that it also seems to connect to the spirits. This particular voice said, watch us from hell. I didn't experience watch that, but us I from did hell. experience something else. I swear I was hearing humming. Humming? Oh, I thought that was Gage. No. I heard it too. You heard it too? Gage, were you humming? Huh? Were you humming? No. 
I didn't mean to leave you by yourself in the basement. I feel really guilty about that. Just I know. I, I turned around and you were gone. <laughs> I came back. So I totally believe you because this was the most active part of the, ho the, the hospital when we were here. A dreary Friday falling on the 13th. Yeah, there's something here. An old sanatorium <laughs> for sale with even older friends included. The sound was just like what we heard. You think we're done here, buddy? In Pine County, Morgan Wolf. Wow, she wanted to get out of there, I think, just as much to get away from him as the ghosts. Uh, yeah, all right, cool. Uh, I don't know if I want to own it, per se. Well, I do want to own it. I don't know if I want to live there as much as I want to own it and do a paranormal investigation and just have it open for other paranormal investigators. I think that would be the way to do it. Alrighty, up next in paranormal news. Don't worry, there's only a couple more to go, then we'll get to the uh, the fun interviews. This next one says, this haunted house for sale comes complete with a secret coffin doorway. What? Another haunted house? That's right. Now's the time to sell haunted property, apparently. Have you ever wanted to live in a haunted house and share these spaces with ghosts, ghouls, and maybe some goblins? Then this property in Texas is perfect for you. Uh, they say they don't know if it's actually haunted, but it is established and running haunted house. Oh, boo. Nope, I only want real haunted, but it's for sale for 125000 I don't know. Find it yourself. I only want real haunted. You know what? I'm skipping to the last story, second to last story on Paranormal News then. Staying in Texas, though, do Texas realtors have to tell you if a home is haunted? Well, let's find out together. It says, nobody wants to sell for less than what they have and blah, blah, blah. You know, haunted houses. Is it, is it, do they have to? Basically, here's the thing. Do Texas realtors have to tell people if your house is haunted. And it says, well, it depends on how the person died. In Texas, the law states that a seller or seller's agent is not required to disclose a death from natural causes, suicide, or an accident unrelated to the property's condition. But death caused by the home's condition, if someone falls down the stairs and dies, no need to disclose. If the stairs collapse causing the death, the buyer must be told. Murder has to be disclosed. It also probably, it's also probably been covered by the media, so buyers most likely likely can look this up on their own. Some states do require that haunted houses or stigmatized properties be ID'd as such, but Texas is not one of them. It says, see the guidelines for all 50 states here. Uh, Kurt here, I'm going to quickly click on that, and I want to check on, I'll just check on California. I, I'd like to know. Does California have to tell me if a place is haunted? Direct mention of paranormal activity in state law. California says no. A court ruled that a death on a property may be material if the death has a major effect on the value of the property, but the seller must disclose death on a property only within the last three years in California. All right, I want to find one where they do have to tell you if it's haunted. Massachusetts, yes. Interesting. Seller doesn't need to disclose psychologically affected property, including an alleged parapsychological or supernatural phenomena, though. Interesting. But they say you do have they do have to say, yeah, it's haunted. New York has to tell you if it's haunted. Referring to paranormal activity at a home, courts will rescind the sale if the seller takes unfair advantage of buyer's ignorance as to the home's reputation of paranormal activity and the seller herself creates and perpetuates that reputation. Any other ones with yes? No, that's it. So unless you live in New York or New Jersey, or no, or Minnesota, um, you don't have to, or Massachusetts, sorry. Man, I missed one. What did, oh, I missed Minnesota. That's the one I missed. Um, 
Interesting. Uh, so there's only a few states then that, that do have to do it, but uh, cool. Let's wrap up Paranormal News. Oh, no, wait, I apologize. There's actually an update on last week's Paranormal News. I, I posted it on the Facebook fan page, but I want to make sure I talk about it on here as well. Last week, uh, there was a big, huge story everywhere about crystal clear Bigfoot footage that was taken in Colorado. Well, I couldn't leave just well enough alone. I didn't believe it, especially when I pulled up the map live while I was doing the episode last week, and I saw that there was a town right there. It'd be very easy to fake it. And it turns out it is very easy to fake it because that video was for a company. And the company is called, uh uh-oh, where's the company's name? I already forgot. Um, Here we go. Located in Silverton and Durango, it's part of a quite popular Bigfoot-themed expedition trailer company called Sasquatch Expedition Trailers. The owner regularly dresses up as Sasquatch. And if you go to the Sasquatch Expedition Campers website, there's a photo of, you guessed it, that there Bigfoot. So debunked now i need like a kunk debunked um but yeah it's been debunked i i it was too good to be true i wanted to believe it just as much as you know go back and listen to that episode i really wanted to believe it but it was just too good to be true especially when i looked into it just a little bit and realized how easy it would be to fake it all right let's take a quick break and uh well settle in for a great show We are back. Speaking of settling in for great shows, I was lucky enough to watch the entire season of the new Kristen Stewart-produced Hulu and Disney Plus show called Living for the Dead. And this episode of Paranormal Almanac, well, it's all about Living for the Dead. Now, Living for the Dead was supposed to premiere tomorrow on the 18th, October 18th, but we were given like a little Halloween treat and it was just released. So here are your options. You got to pick one of these. Either go watch all of Living for the Dead now. Trust me, you're going to binge it. It's going to take a little bit of time. Then come back and listen to this episode. Or listen to this, I don't know, like 99% spoiler-free episode first. And then binge Living for the Dead on Hulu and Disney+. Plus. You're going to binge it. Trust me. Um... If you don't know what I was talking about, it's from the creators of Queer Eye. Here, I'll give you the I'll give you the spiel. From the creators of Queer Eye, five fabulous queer ghost hunters crisscross the country, helping the living by healing the dead. As they explore some of the world's most infamous haunted locations, they'll shed light on those not seen and illuminate untold stories. Together, they'll push past boundaries to bring acceptance to the misunderstood, living and dead. This is Living for the Dead. It is executive produced by Kristen Stewart and stars ghost hunties Alex LeMay, Juju Bay, Ken Boggle, Logan Taylor, and Roz Hernandez. That I, I, I did that all right, right? That was pretty good. It's not like I wrote that. I'm just reading what they what they sent me. But still, you know, that's pretty good. Now, hopefully you guys will remember any like avid listeners of this show will remember me talking about this forever ago when the casting call was announced and how excited I was to have a new, different, and frankly better kind of ghost hunting show. 
because, um, well, I was already excited to watch this, and then I got the eight episodes, and, well, I, I loved it. I can't, I can only speak for myself, but I got to say, this is not your boring old white guys in night vision. This show shows um, paranormal investigations like never before, and also what I liked about it, you get to connect with the investigators like no other paranormal show. I mean, think about that for a second. Do you, you know, do you ever get any backstory or real deep into anybody's lives on any paranormal show? No, usually it's angry white guy in, in all black shows up at a location, hears about the paranormal activity, turns off all the lights, and then either gets scared and runs away, as you know which show I'm talking about, or just barks their way through the actual paranormal investigation in the dark. Um, you know, I like that this show, it's just as much about the hunters, the, the you know, Ken and the rest of the cast. Not cast, it's a terrible word for it. Uh, Ken and the rest of the ghost hunties, as they like to be called, as it is about the actual ghost. It's refreshing. What I also liked about it, which I was kind of surprised, I'll admit right now to anybody that's listening that's on the show, I'll admit that at first I thought it was going to be just a bunch of randos that happened to be happened to be on the uh, LGBTQ community, happened to be queer, happened to be gay, however you want me to word that. I really thought it was just going to be a bunch of randos and they were just going to throw them into the paranormal world. I didn't expect... <clears throat> I did not expect that this would be experienced individual paranormal investigators with their own individual paranormal skills already. And this show just brought them together and it showcases them. You get to see them each flourish in their own ways during the investigations. Not only did I get to watch the full season, I also got to talk to them. It was great. I, I really can't thank them enough for, for that. Um, for Hulu, for the production company, for everybody from Alex, Juju, Ken, Logan, Ross, and, and also the executive producer, Rob, uh, to give me any amount of time was absolutely fantastic. But to get to watch the show first and then talk to them made it a million times better. I, I'll admit, I was... I, I was really excited to talk to them because, like I said, while watching the show, I could tell, oh, this person's done paranormal investigation. She knows, Alex knows how to use this equipment. And then you go, oh, my God, Logan, there, there's your psychic. There's your medium. Ken, there's your medium, but also his tarot cards. Juju, holy crap. she like She's like throwing bones, literally like throwing bones and and... And getting into the mindset. And then there's Roz, who is just a freaking trooper. She is awesome. She knows how to paranormal investigate um, in, in um, what am I trying to say? Antagonize, I guess, is what I'm trying to say when you need to. And be there for them when you don't need to. Be respectful. Show the respect to not only the people that are experiencing these paranormal things that you're, they're trying to help, which I love the fact that they were actually there trying to help. They didn't work. They weren't just just there to do a paranormal investigation at some random haunted theater. No, they were there to help the employees that were scared. 
Help the employees at the hotel that were scared. Help the employees at the theater that were scared, at the sanitarium that were scared. Um, they're trying to help people just as much as they were trying to help the dead. Like I said, it was very refreshing. I know I'm kind of gushing about this show, but I, I just want you to know that like this is an honest, I'm not getting paid for this episode. They, they didn't even ask me to talk about the episode. I could literally just have talked to them for five minutes and then never released it, but... I genuinely liked it. It was very refreshing, and I can't wait for to hear what you all think. Now, will this show be for everybody? No, and I think that's a good thing. Do I think that everybody should at least watch an episode before they decide if this show is for them or not? Yes, because I think this show could surprise you. I really do. I really think that if you give this show a chance... This show will surprise you and entertain the hell out of you. Whether you believe in the paranormal or not. Why are you listening to this podcast if you don't believe in the paranormal? I don't know. But whether you believe in the paranormal or not, I think there's something in this show for you. And it did, the show did get emotional. For, for everybody involved on this show, you could tell that it meant something for them to be doing what they're doing. I don't want to spoil too much. So... All right, that's it. That, that's that's my little spiel, my my little you know crush on the show. Um, let me explain how these things work. These these um, press junkets work. What they do is they give you a time a day, and they say, "Hey, can you come in at this time a day, like 4 p.m.?" Yeah, I can be there at 4 p.m. Great. You go in. You you're on Zoom. You're on camera, and they go. You're in this waiting room first, and they're like, "Hi, welcome, Kurt. How you doing?" Um, we're about to, we're about two minutes away. We're going to put you in with the first half. So I was going to have five minutes, a quick five minute chat with half the cast. It was going to be Ken Boggle, Juju Bay, and also executive producer, Rob Eric. Then I was going to have another five minute chat with Alex LeMay, Logan Taylor, and Roz Hernandez. Like I said, these are very typical press junket days. Sometimes you'll, you know, some sometimes you'll get lucky and you'll get like a half hour or 10 minutes, but I got five minutes with each, with each of these. Five minutes with the first half, five minutes with the second half of the cast. It is a frustratingly awesome day. Frustratingly awesome day because five minutes isn't really enough to even scratch the surface. I was trying to, all right, I've got five minutes. That's, here's how I work it out. It's going to take about a minute and a half per question and answer. Now, that's if the person that you're asking a question to doesn't just keep talking for four minutes. You might only get one question. And you have to be very well aware of the fact you have five minutes, whether that's one question or you can squeeze in 15 questions. But it doesn't even scratch the surface. But it's also very generous of them to give me and Paranormal Almanac any time with them. So it was absolutely fantastic. Uh, so first up, you're about to hear, I'm, I'm going to, you'll go right on into it. You'll hear my five minutes with, once again, with Ken, Juju, and Rob Eric. Rob Eric is the executive producer, Ken Boggle and Juju Bay. Um, fantastic. Loved them. Uh, let's get right on in. Let me play that one for you first. Here's my first five minute interview with the cast of Living for the Dead. Hello, everybody. 
Hey, you have six minutes and we're rolling. So go ahead. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah. Once again, Kurt from Paranormal Almanac. Uh, I got to watch the shows, all the episodes. It was so great. Um, I personally think it's really great that this show exists. I'm, I'm equally as tired, I think, as everybody else of a bunch of, you know, hetero white men being so predominant in the paranormal field. Uh, how hard was it for you to design like a lighter, more reflective paranormal show? Easy. Because we knew, I mean, it's it's exactly what you said. We've approached, you know, uh, paranormal from a heteronormative perspective for so many years, and and I and I I've been saying this quite a bit throughout the day today. I think Juju really sort of hit the the nail on the head when we were at the Clown Motel and said most of these shows try to provoke a spirit; they don't try to actually yep. communicate with the spirit. And you know, our goal was the lgbtqia community we we go we see things through a different perspective and i think our team really saw things differently and really approached things differently and they approached it with humor and heart and understanding yeah and it comes across on on screen that they actually do care about the moment and they care about the person they're there to help that's true you know that is one thing that i really liked about this that um Unlike other paranormal shows, they actually go into, you know, your backstory and your lives. Um, how how conscious was this decision? And also for you both, how hard was it for you to open yourself up to possible ridicule or just the paranormal community? For for me, it's I grew up in a holler in southeastern Kentucky, you know, like in coal mine country where, you know, when you show up to a family reunion looking like this, you kind of <laughs> you kind of get it. You know what I mean? Like you sort of expect that that's how it's going to happen it, it it wasn't so much my fear of for me it wasn't my fear of being gay and and this sort of a thing and how the people at home would take it my fear was what are my friends like dustin perry grant wilson um even the twc guys what what is chris gonna say what is mike gonna say you know um is adam barry gonna be proud of it you know being one of the first people who are in the lgbtq plus community he and chip you know chip came out years ago sure so what are my friends gonna think about this and as we filmed and as i saw pieces of it i thought well you might just want to you know warn them that it looks amazing and you slayed and it's gonna be great you know what i mean so uh yeah that was my big fear was how will the paranormal uh, diehard fans and you know they can be fanatical sometimes like how would they yeah. want to take this new approach and i for from what i'm seeing in the trailer and everyone's responses they are as ready for it as we were ready to do it oh yeah like like i said i've been so welcoming for this like so so you know I, all of my fans have been like wanting this so desperately for it for the paranormal field to change a little bit um juju what was it like to be vulnerable on on camera yeah, I think that it was exciting. I think that it pushed me in a particular way to actually be more vulnerable and to be more open to ways that I typically actually would not be. And uh, I think what was on my mind a lot of the time is that I wasn't necessarily coming to it from a paranormal aspect as much as I was of like a hoodoo voodoo aspect, which sure. has been seen. So I'm thinking about how is this going to be portrayed? Because oftentimes when it is portrayed, it's something negative. It's something, you know, quote unquote evil. Yeah. And so I'm like, I'm bringing a whole different, I think, perspective, practice, um, ritual to the paranormal space that to my knowledge, at least didn't exist in this way. And so I think that that is something that really like it, it, 
you know, it's on my mind, you know, it's something that oh, I'm sure. still thinking about in, in the portrayal about it, but I'm excited that I was able to be sort of the person taking up this space and showing like, Hey, there's also these, all these other practices that are like rooted in something completely different that we don't see with paranormal. And I'm excited to see like how, you know, folks take that in as well. Yeah, no, that's very true. Like whenever I touch even briefly on religion on my podcast, I know I'm going to get hate or death threats even. So mm -hmm. it is important to show people that there's another side to it. Now, when you guys, when you guys got together as a team, kind of like what Rob was saying, that's, you know, some of the other shows, the men on there are very aggressive and provocational, if that's a word. Um, did you all discuss how you're going to investigate prior to the first investigation? Or did you just kind of learn your team style as you went along? I think we learned it as we went along. We didn't say, okay, you do this. Like, we kind of didn't know how we were going to operate together. We didn't fully know the breadth of knowledge that each person came with. So I think that that's something that was uncovered episode by episode, which I think is really interesting, too, because we really get to delve into who we are as individuals and our practices. And I think we all shine, like, as the season goes um, along, you get to kind of see, like, oh, wow, they're really good at this. Like, oh, this person is really that's something we learn together, and we're also learning. The audience gets to witness that learning. It definitely does. It, it kind of, well, let me ask you this, Ken. How quickly did you gel with everybody, or was there somebody that, you know, was that took a little bit longer to gel with? Oh, my gosh. I thought Roz Hernandez hated me for the long time. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. But it turns out Roz and I, and we, we the, the, really the takeaway for me is that Scout Productions in no way set out to be like, you're this, you're that, you're going to be, it did, we, we organically grew and, and understood, respected each other and the talents, skill sets and tools that we brought with us. Um, but, you know, with Roz, she's so hilarious and she's so outrageously fantastic. I, I really wanted her to love me like quick. But we developed this odd, like, Sonny and Cher relationship post-divorce. Like, Roz and I were at one point married. And, like, <laughs> and then we divorced, but we stayed together. And now I look at, I, I, I get to touch the time to spend with her and talk with her. And, and I love her with beyond measure. And it's the same thing with the with the others. I, I, I love every single person I'm with. And I know the word family gets overused in a work, in a workspace, but we've, we've gelled into this really unique family and I, I, I miss them when I don't get to see them or when I don't hear from them. And we, we stay in touch. We're a tight group. Oh, Very I tight. love that. I love that. And uh, since my last question, um, did you, it might be kind of pulling the curtain back, but did you really go across the country in the motorhome together? Yes. Yeah. Wow. All right. So that had to really either force you to gel or really show, you know, like you're at odds, you know, like that, that close quarters. The close quarters, yes, but also the motion sickness. And they'll tell you that I'm a terrible driver. Yes. <laughs> Uncle Ken, Uncle Ken is not a good driver. And when I when it was my turn to drive, like you could hear the drama mean getting passed around, like it was a 1980s party or something. <laughs> and it, the thing handled like a lawnmower, and like <laughs> it's like I don't know what to do. So yeah, I, being in a, a, a tight space like that was something, but also being in these environments where you have spiritual happenings. Juju got scratched. Yeah. Uh, I, I I went through a, a huge, massive emotional moment in, in uh, Tonopah at the Clown Motel. It, the entire experience, not just the RV itself, but the entirety of it was, was very conducive to an organic growth on all of us, with all of us. And how did you do driving, Juju? 
think that I drove fine. No one got <laughs> driving, but you know, the motion sickness was probably the scariest part of the entire thing for me. I can imagine. I can't wait for my fans to see this show. I was so excited that I got to see all of the episodes and it was everything I wanted and more. Thank you both so much. All three of you so much. Appreciate it. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much. By the way, love thank you. Mom. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. Love it. See what I mean? They're all fantastic. I wanted so much more time with them because I I was I was very happy that I got to express how much I like the show. Um have them seem genuinely excited or interested in my questions and just genuinely cool people. But next, this next one, I got to talk to Alex LeMay, Logan Taylor, and Roz Hernandez. So let's get right on into that one. Uh, Look at all that cool stuff behind you. Oh, yeah, there's tons. My fans send me stuff all the time. There's like a Bigfoot and everything. Yeah, it's all kinds of fun stuff. I love it. And Mothman, I see you're a Mothman fan. You gotta, you gotta. Yes. <laughs> First of all, let me just tell you, I, I loved the show. I was so happy they sent me the screeners. I got to watch it all. And watching you guys become a family was probably my favorite thing about this show. Something you don't see on other paranormal shows. Was that something that you expected to happen? Um. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We did. We were hoping <laughs> that was. Yeah, our we goal. were hoping, um, but we you think never we know. We were ready for anything, and it turned out that we all really liked each other. I mean, it could have gone so many ways, but it turns out that I really love these people, and they're fantastic. It's so funny. Ken said that he was so afraid that Roz was going to hate him, and I start. <laughs> I, it just made me laugh because you two played off each other so well on the show. Uh, were you told beforehand that they were going to focus on your past and your lives? Or did you think there was just another, we'll be in the dark with paranormal stuff, just talking to ghosts? Definitely that part. When, <laughs> yeah. first, I, when the idea was first pitched, it was definitely uh, lots of fun. And, and, but, and we, it is fun. But as we went through the journey together, we realized how that the story was a lot deeper and that there was a lot more to us loud, weird, over-the-top ghost hunters. And so it was, uh, it was fun to let people, it's gonna be fun to let people see that there's, you know, there's lots of different sides to the spiritual world. Yeah, I mean, as that's we, the thing. Oh, sorry, go ahead. As queer people, I mean, a part, there is the aspect that we're ghost hunters, but we're also queer. And I think that that is why we connected so deeply. But we also, um, we have a lot of life experiences that, we can relate to within each other. And I think that as we would talk more and more with each other and open up more with each other, not only did that make us closer, but it also led us to all of these experiences of, um, you know, these, these deep moments of really opening up with each other. And it's something that we don't necessarily see on paranormal shows. That's true. But a lot of times it related to what we were going through with the spiritual realm. A lot of times the paranormal is so misunderstood and we're dealing with people's traumas and we have our own traumas that we would relate to. And um, yeah, that's how we got to these situations where a lot of times it was deep, deep conversations, but very healing. Oh, yeah. A Alex, I got to say that I loved your paranormal investigation style. It's very similar to my own. It's not provocational it's not aggressive 
it is more like scientific based. You just want to know what's out there. Did you, was that something that you had already had instilled in you or was something you just kind of learned on your way throughout all of the investigations you've done? Um, I think I've always had that instilled in me. I'm, I've been through a lot and I've seen a lot of crazy stuff, but I've always been science-based. I feel like capturing that and, you know, I have some of the gear behind me right now. It really is my life. I love learning about the paranormal and how it relates to us and the world around us in more of a scientific view. I think that helps the viewers also um, not be as skeptical because it is hard to see something as amazing as that and think that it's real. But all of that really happened and we captured it. Um, that's really what draws me to the technical side is understanding what it is that's going on because I feel like it is deeper than just, you know, strange noise or strange bump in the night. And so many of us wonder what happens after death. Like there are a lot of questions that pertains to the paranormal and how it relates to us in our everyday world. And it ties back to the really heavy topics that we were talking about because history is also so important. Yeah. I'd like to have a new lens. I, I like the fact that you guys really delved into the history of the places and the people, too. Like I said, it just showed that there was some caring. Like, you guys cared about these people. You cared about the locations and even about the not just the living people, but the dead people, too. It was, it was really refreshing to watch a show where I wasn't just going to be angry at the investigators for doing something. <laughs> um, well, also... Like, don't be fooled because, sure, we are cute and we like to wear cute clothes, (laughs) but all of us have worked in this field, whether it was on TV or not. Like, we we knew what we were doing, um, at least as much as you can, um, before we got into this. And, like, Alex, for example, has had so much experience with all of the equipment, way more than any of us. So that's why we were like, Alex, you handle all that. Alex knows all of that kind of stuff. That's interesting. I was going to ask, my next question was, how did you decide who would handle what part and what order the investigations? Because, you know, Logan's skills are very different from Alex's skill, which is very different from your skill, Ross. How did you decide who was going to do what and in what order? It was natural. It was kind of just naturally we fell into place with who had what strengths. Uh, Roz likes to get into people's business, so she was all on that research. Nosy. <laughs> and then it just... It was kind of a natural thing. Me, Ken, and Juju all, and Alex all kind of have innate sort of gifts. So we, it was very organic how it happened. It was, we all just fell into place and knew what our role was kind of instinctively. Now, yeah, you can kind of see it through the episodes too. Oh yeah. The episodes change quite a bit and we fall into these roles. Yeah. Yeah. You like, like I was, I asked Ken earlier, I was like, it was surprising how quickly you all gelled together. Now I heard that Ken's driving was probably not the best. Um, what oh, were some other behind? Yeah, that's what I heard. Nothing but drama mean for everybody. What were some other behind the scene things that you guys learned about each other while you were filming? Oh my God. I learned that Roz will not sleep in a haunted place. (laughs) And it was like tying her to the bed just to get her to stay. (laughs) We had to lock the doors. Yeah. And, you know, people's um, food, the way that we eat, I I can't live long without donuts. Ken can't live long without a gas station hot dog. Um, We definitely learned that kind of a thing about each other. I was surprised how many donuts were in this show. I liked it, but I was surprised. It made me want a donut every time. Um, you speak- know, they help. 
They do. They help everything. Speaking of like the food and the drink, where was who decided that you would go to a bar or there'd be drinking involved in every episode? <laughs> well, but you know, I, I, it was the bar scene was just a good way for us to get away from the haunted location for a few minutes, decompress, kind of regroup. It was a way for us to still because you'll see that there are we encounter people at these locations at the bars and everything that have maybe been affected by the locations we're at. It's just a good little moment to take a beat, go have a drink, kiki with your girls, and go back to work. Yeah, we needed that break because we were so immersed in those locations. Oh, I bet. Yeah. And I think it's easier to connect with the people outside of the location sometimes. So it was good to have a place to go to let them kind of unwind a little bit so that we could get the real story of what's going on. I really thought it was an interesting idea because, like you said, people were, were more relaxed to that. But um, th- my time is up. Thank you so much. I could I could ask a billion more questions because I love the show. Thank you all so much for doing this. This is exactly what my fans and I were looking for, and I loved it. I can't wait for my fans to see it. Oh, Thank Kurt. You. Thank you, Kurt. Yeah. Thank you. Equally amazing. That entire group were so much fun. Well, after I had my time with them, um, that was it. You know, they say thank you. You go back into the waiting room. You say thank you very much. In between each um, room with them, you go back into the waiting room. and They're like, okay, we got another minute and a half or two minutes or five minutes before we're going to put you in with the second half. So you go into the first, you go into waiting room. You go into the first one. As soon as your time's up, they put you back into the waiting room. That waiting room sends you back to the, or yeah, sends you on to the next one and then back to the waiting room. And they kind of just wrap it up. Uh, Everybody there was so friendly, so nice. Couldn't thank them enough. But after I had my time with them, I was on Instagram um, because, you know, I'm trying to be a little bit more active on Instagram uh, for Paranormal Almanac. I know I'm just getting into that. I'm so sorry. It just takes up a lot of my time. I admit it. But I'm I'm trying to get better at it. So I was on Instagram, and I saw them posting about their press junket day. And I saw Ken post about it, and I was like, you know what? I thanked him. I just, you know, put on there. It was so great to talk with you. Thanks for being so cool. And that I love the show. And then Ken messages me back saying they loved their time with me and that I was one of their favorites, which was incredibly nice to hear. He said that, you know, Rob, Eric was, you know, liked the questions and was very, you know, like I was one of their favorites. I was like, that's freaking awesome. So I told him how I wish I had more time to talk because I had a billion more things to say or ask questions about. And he said, well, I'd be happy to meet up with you if you want. And when I was like, hell yeah, he was like, all right, how about now? That's right. Ken, after spending a day doing press junkets, which is exhausting. I've been on one side of the press junket and it's exhausting. I can't even imagine the other side of it where you're asked the same question a billion times. You got people that might not be interested and then people like me that are very interested. Um, It's got to be a long, exhausting day. But Ken was gracious enough to jump on a call with me right then. I got to say... This was such a fun conversation that I didn't even get to any of the questions that I had for him. I was just enjoying this conversation. Um, He was incredibly cool. Before Before you listen to that, let me just say, besides watching Living for the Dead, 
you should all go to KenBoggle.com. That's Ken, K-E-N, Boggle, like the game, B-O-G-G-L-E, KenBoggle.com. And you'll hear why in a minute, but uh, trust me, you're going to want to go there. You're going to want to get a reading from him because I want to get a reading from him soon. And uh, Ken, or actually any other member of Living for the Dead, up to and including executive producer Rob Eric, if you want to be on my show on Paranormal Almanac, you all have an open invitation. Kristen Stewart, you've already had an open invitation to be on Paranormal Almanac. I would love to talk with the rest of you at great length, like I, I was lucky enough to do with Ken, because, you know, it's just a great show. And I want to be the cheerleader for your show. So anyhow, go enjoy this conversation with Ken Boggle. I'll see you on the other side of the conversation. Hi. Hey, hey how you doing? I'm okay. You're going to bear with me just a second. Yeah, no, take your time. Just trying to get that. To, does that look okay, bro? Yeah, it looks great. This is all audio, by the way. So, so this is oh. you're just for me, man. This is this is perfect. I appreciate it. Then give me just a second. Yeah, no, get comfortable. Get comfortable. Yeah, because <laughs> that would be a lot of pressure off the boggle. Okay, cool. Damn, dude, that's a cool necklace, though. That's awesome. Oh, thank you very much. That they had, uh, we had a black has always been my thing, and I've always worn a lot of black, but um, can you hear me all right? Does yeah, no, you sound great. Here? Yeah, you sound great. Thank you. Um, the, uh, they had a fantastic lady from New York that went and bought all of these amazing things for us. And, uh, that was one of the things that she brought for me and I kind of liked it. I was like, it, 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 it feel, feel, feels good. It I feels dig right. It. I dig it. And it fits your style. Yeah. At least, the, at least the style from what I can see on, you know, from you on the show, it fits your style perfectly. Well, they, they asked us, um, they asked us kind of what our style was. And uh, I sent pictures of uh, Edgar Allan Poe, nice Sherlock Holmes, and Stevie Nicks. Ha ha ha! That's perfect. This is kind of what I look like. And they were. She was. Uh, she did a great job. A couple of things in a few episodes weren't my gig, but uh, we since circled back around. And uh, next season, if when we when we get one, um, oh yeah, it it, it should be uh, it, it should be a lot more me oh, no no it. cowboy hats or anything like that i love it no no it's a cool style like i always like i like it when you can identify someone from their style alone and i'm like yep i know exactly who that person is and he's cool i like it yeah that's ken boggle i don't know that bastard this is <laughs> I don't how are you you well i'm good i'm good thank you yeah yeah we loved you I, rob eric was saying like uh he was one of my favorite people and uh, oh I love that's his hat. so sweet of course, Rob, Eric, and I love hats. So, and is. I always wear this. Is like if I if you don't if I'm not wearing this hat, none of my friends for like 20 years will ever recognize me. I can walk by them, but you know, I always wear the hat. Right. Well, I've I discovered that um, in just just my little area, uh, I'm I, I'm kind of starting to get recognized a little bit. That's awesome. I've discovered that when you take your bowler hat off and you and I wear like like basketball shorts yeah like yeah t-shirt which is nobody has any clue who i am yeah i helped a buddy move and i was like well i don't get my hat dirty so i just wore like a quick baseball cap and i had shorts on and, and i showed up at his house and he's like oh i'll be right there with you sir and i was like sir what the hell man it's me 
I love that. Yeah, I no, it's that. great. That's that. That's when I was like, I guess Superman and Clark Kent. That that could have worked. Yeah, I was doing karaoke, and uh, I, I was wearing just like blue jeans and you know being a Kentucky guy and uh, a baseball hat. A lady's one lady was talking to another, and they were talking about who I was and. This lady had too much to drink, and she says, well, my friend tells me that you're a Kim Boggle, and you got this TV show, and all this other stuff. And I was like, yeah. And she was like, you don't look anything like him. And I was like, really? <laughs> so I had to get my driver's license out. I was going to say, she, hello. <laughs> yeah, and but my my I hadn't legally changed my name yet to Kim Boggle, so uh, that served me no purpose. But oh, I looked at Facebook out, and I was like, how do you not? guess clark kent had it right he did man it, it worked yeah. i would never have guessed that that I was like that's the dumbest thing ever of course you know how yeah. is Lewis not no nope it's real yeah it's totally real it's totally real so yeah like no thank you so much for doing this this is oh, way too kind like i i'm I, like i said when they were like you have six minutes and i was like oh i'll, I'll guess what, i'll do two questions you know what can you do in six minutes, brother? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I was, I was thrilled to see somebody who had some kind of idea about the paranormal. It wasn't, it was wonderful to have like the Associated Press and CNN and ABC. And you know, it was wonderful to have all that. Great. But it, it did my heart good to know that there was somebody who had some kind of, oh, yeah. like when I said to me, like Dustin Grant, I was like, he knows who I'm yeah. talking oh, about. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I loved it. I was yeah. like, yep, chip yeah. coffee, 100%. Yeah. 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 <laughs> good old chip. Yeah. He's the best. Absolutely yeah. the best. I, I love Chip and Patty Negri. I just saw her recently, and she's fantastic. And yeah, yeah, and I've I been like doing this Patty. for so long. It's such, you know, it's a great community. It can be a great community so far. Yeah, uh, I I think like uh, we could do a lot more in the way of supporting each other. Um, I, yeah, I found I found that in my fifteen years of being in the scene that a lot of a lot of the people that you love and support, you meet them and they're not quite uh, what you thought they would be. And even now, uh, with everything going on, billboards and, and major interviews and sure. Hulu, Disney, uh, some of them now still haven't even spoke to me about it. And wow. uh, I remember I remember days when I was sponsoring places like Scarefest, you know, uh, here oh, yeah. in Kentucky. And uh, a wonderful, great event to have. Uh, and I was sponsoring, you know, the the VIP room, and they had a drink called the Boggle Bomb, and nice. it was. I, I was in the programs, and I said, I had uh, uh, a paranormal quote celebrity that uh, sat down and told me once that I was just not really VIP, and I wasn't really. I really shouldn't be sitting at their table. And I thought, how very unkind of you. And right. I hope. I hope that one day when I am given a platform, I can, I can, I can be kind to everybody regardless. And I hope that I'm kind to you, even though you basically don't deserve it because yeah. that was a really nasty thing to say in front of other people. You know, I don't know how you can have a, I know that the show is all about, you know, the heart and, and, and approaching it in a new way, but let's not cross wires. It's still very paranormal related. Oh, that's why I loved and, it. Yeah, and I mean, not just related. That's the theme, right? So it's paranormally themed, and I think that it's uh, it would it would be cutting our nose to spot our face if we didn't say, "Hey, look, there's already a huge genre of people who not only uh, watch paranormal television, but they listen to paranormal content." And uh, to to disregard that would would it'd be silly. I think that'd be oh, a bad yeah. idea. Oh yeah, like idea. like that was the thing. Like 
I was talking to a friend about the show and obviously I couldn't show her the screeners, but I was talking to my friend and she's like, well, what's it like? And I said, it's a paranormal show with a heart. And that's why yeah. I liked it because it yeah. really was like, if it was just you guys showing up and doing a paranormal investigation, I'm sure I still would have enjoyed it just because of your personalities and how you did it. But the, the, the heart of it, like where I was like, Oh my God, I'm learning stuff about the paranormal investigators. You know, I couldn't tell you anything about the ghost adventure guys' lives, you know, real lives. Uh, yeah. You know, I can tell you what I've read about them and what my, you know, interacting, but like, you know, just watching the show, I'm like, I can't tell you anything about their lives. I want to know yeah. about these people. What got them into it? And that's why, like, like I started watching the, the show. Um, I just had it on in my second monitor while I was doing the day job. And then I quickly was like, oh, no, 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 no. I got to watch this tonight. I got to focus because I'm, I'm like thoroughly enjoying it. It was great. Oh God. That makes me so happy, Kurt. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Like you, 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 you put so, look, the, I put so much into that show living for the dead. I put so much into it because I believe in it more than I believed in anything I've ever done in my entire life. And I think it's important. I think it's equally as important as, me surviving what I survived through my life and having been homeless at 15 and having been so hungry that I ate food off of people's plates before I scraped them as I was bussing tables. Sure. I, I was 15 years old going to school and bussing tables, skipping school to bus tables and lying to the administration about, Oh, I have headaches. Really? I was trying to pay the damn rent. Wow. And uh, you know, I, I, I think this is equally as important in that. So when they, uh, when I, when we landed boots in Tonopah and we were traveling around in our RV and doing these episodes, I would, we would all kind of hang out the night before and we would uh, go have dinner and we'd go have drinks like travel day, you know, sure. then uh, the next day was work. And I worked sometimes 18, 20 hours in a loop. Oh yeah. Either doing um, the filming or um, preparing to film because, you know, you need to know sort of where you're at and um and clothes and and you know making sure everything worked and then having the production meeting to make sure we were all on the same page you know as it comes to you know uh even basically just the location like you know because a lot of people know the tonopah clown motel but they don't know the house of wills in st louis exactly you know? well what's weird is i didn't know about the cemetery so i knew about like part of it but i didn't know a big part of it and i was like all right how did i not know that because I like to think well, the, I'm kind of up on paranormal, but I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I didn't know that either. And because um, they don't fill us in these deep, these things are skipped on us. Um, we just basically got an idea of like where we would be when we were filming what. And, you know, I tried to make sure I was really aware of that and very um, on top of that ball. But we were out getting coffee. It was Logan uh, Taylor, who is amazing. Amazing. It was myself, Logan, and CJ, and we were at this coffee joint slash gas station in Tonopah slash, uh, I don't know. There was a lot going on. <laughs> Aliens, maybe? I don't know. But uh, we went in there, and I kept saying, there had to have been a major fire. There was, at some point in this town, a major fire and then a flood. And it was just me psychically feeling and talking to these people. And one lady said, no, that never happened. That didn't happen. And I was like, oh, Ken Boggle's wrong. Write it down. That rarely happens. Uh -huh. And I was shocked and surprised by that. And then um, we were doing the townie beat and there at the bar in Tonopah. And uh, a lady says, there was a, there was a fire, a mining fire, where Clarence uh, Thomas had lost his life. And wow. 
And so I was like, well, what, you know, this didn't make it on the film, but I was like, but what about the flood? And they were like, yes, the flood happened and it shifted the graves. So what happened in the graveyard was it shifted the graves and then the motel was built above it. So in the episode, you see me blindfolded and I'm like, the voices are coming from under the ground. Sure, like, I'm yeah. like, they're, they're, and I don't think that really reads well to people at home to know exactly what I was, what I was feeling and what I was seeing in my, in my psych, my psychic eye. I, but it was like the voices, there was like three or four, five, maybe voices coming up from under the ground. And then I had a, a lot happening uh, in that moment. It was Logan said after it was over, he, he, uh, he said, baby boy, I thought you were going to have a heart attack. And I'm like, well now, yeah, wow. <laughs> 2000 clowns in a room. My biggest fear, 2000 yeah. clowns in, a room yeah. in the dark. And I have spirits under my feet and, a, and an entity circling me. Yeah, I freak. Yeah, I, I could see anything. I was going to have a heart attack. Yeah, that it's and I'm it's only the plot the of Poltergeist. I mean, come on. You got the bodies under you. You got clowns. Like, come on. That's ridiculous. Yeah. So, I, and being 39, the oldest one in the group, uh, I, I, I could see how that fella thought maybe Uncle Kim was going to have a heart attack. I kind of get that. <laughs> I say, I will say, like, I was lucky enough to do, uh, I was a guest on a TV show that they, they're filming, that they're shopping around, called uh, Ghost Girls. Fantastic crew, a fantastic show. Uh, again, it, the reason I wanted to do it was because it wasn't a bunch of old white guys like me doing paranormal. It was women, and, and then I got to be the guest, and I was like, yeah, this is what I want. I want, I want the paranormal community to, to be more... to to be realized because like you said, be recognized because it's not just a bunch of, you know, dumb old aggro white guys. There is a lot of people in this community and they were, they worked so hard and I only did it one night or two nights, but I can't even imagine like for you to do a full season. That was impressive. Yeah, that was really intense. And people, I think it's shocking people to know that we really did travel in that RV. I was yeah, I was like, there's no possible way they travel. It's a cute little gimmick, but there's no possible. The fact that you guys yeah. did it is incredible. Yeah, and the fact that we that I drove it, and no one got <laughs> hot hurt is really the impressive part about what what that story. <laughs> After I talked to you, I was talking to them, and I said, you know, like, hey, you know, uh, you know, I heard that uh, he he wasn't the best driver, and there were all of them went, oh my god, no, oh my god, no, and I was like, oh, this is amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I mean, uh, the Roz is an exceptional driver. Roz did great. And I I I think Roz drives uh in, on camera. Roz drives three or four times. I uh Juju drives I know at least once, maybe twice. But uh I drove the rest. And it every time they would say, "Okay, Ken, get in the driver's seat." Everybody would go, Ugh. you know, like And we, weren't you driving yeah. through Vegas? Oh my God. Yeah. How did you do that? Through, I, I hate driving I, through Vegas in my car. Brother. It was, it was a lot of nicotine and a lot of prayer. <laughs> I don't know how I mean. I mean, I still to this day don't, I, I blocked a lot of it out cause I was so panicked through Las Vegas in this old right? RV. I, I'm surprised we lived through it. Well, really, like I said, I that's why I was like, all right, it's gotta be a cool gimmick. I get why they're doing it. But the fact you guys did it, that's amazing to me because yeah. like I said, I, I couldn't have done it. If they would have, all right, it's your turn to drive. I'd have been like, no, 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 no. I would have been the guy that just slams into the car next to me and be like, sorry, I'm done. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, the, the other thing is that you had precious cargo on board, you know, there was Juju and, and Alex and Roz and Logan myself, but then you had uh, John and Jake, 
Jake uh, Tawney, who were the camera operators and directors of photography. And then you had Elaine White, who is probably one of the greatest, most amazing professionals I have ever known in my life. Uh, you know, in there with us in this uh, this cramped space, they were in there with us. Wow. And you, you try not to panic, but you realize there's also a, a ton of really expensive equipment on there, too. Oh, yeah. And, it, and the end result is that you just freak out. <laughs> <laughs> you just lose it and you do the best you can to drive through it. I will say I like the fact that you guys did camera. I, obviously, there was a camera person on board uh, on the in the RV, but I like that you were also doing camera work. Like you could see someone pointing the camera directly at you while you were talking and then back towards it. And I was like, yeah, it makes it feel more uh, uh, natural, more, you know, I don't know the correct word, but it makes it feel more real in my mind. Right. And I, I think that we are all sort of used to um, seeing uh, people doing paranormal investigating and having the handicam. I think that we're used to seeing that. But the way that Scout had us approach it was more documentary style, yeah. where you were actually documenting your response, their response. And uh, there's a couple of pieces that like you in every episode, there's actually quite a lot in every episode where I would stop and say, oh my gosh, I was the one that filmed that. But then you see these gorgeous shots that um, Adrian and Jake and John and uh, that they did. And you're like, well, clearly I never went to film school, but um, the, the, the ability to participate in the creation of it on that level to me made it feel so authentic and real authentic and that's the perfect word that's exactly what i was trying to think of yeah it really yeah. was even like even during the investigations you were all so mindful to be like oh i gotta get you on camera for this and i could see everybody keeping a like oh this definitely needs to be on there and and you're right it made it more authentic that's the perfect word and i i think maybe i get uh i i get prideful or, or you know, i i do i take some pride i take pride in the fact that there's moments like Logan laying across the bed and saying, it's not the ghosts that freak me out. It's these bedspreads I find <laughs> horrific. Like I filmed that. Ah, that's and, awesome. these, and I think it comes from a genuine love of these people that I, uh, that you, uh, well, for me, I, I would, I had to find out how they were feeling. I needed to know how they were feeling and I had a camera in my hand. So why not turn it and say, Juju, where, where's your mind? Or, can you explain that? Because I didn't know what shells were about and what coins were oh, about. Oh, yeah. 31 business of being in the spiritual realm and tarot cards and, and my own version of witchery. Um, I didn't know anything about that kind of stuff. So, and Alex, oh my gosh, that amazing soul. Alex, our tech guru, is an amazing human being. And I had to find out, like, what are your thoughts? Where are you at? I was, I, I'm totally obsessed with it. So having a camera to be able to do that with and to capture that with was um, a, a brilliant thing on Scout's part. But also it's impressive. Like, you should take those kudos and you should be prideful because you're, you're focused on an investigation. You're also focused on the fact that you're filming a TV show, that there, there's cameras around you and there's production around you, but you're still mindful to get those shots. And that shows, like, when you were saying a minute ago that you, you really worked, man, that shows that you really worked because that's a lot to keep in mind. Yeah, I had uh, um, an acquaintance send me a message uh, on uh, social media that said, um, how's it feel to be an overnight success? And I said, well, I wouldn't know. You know, I, I wouldn't know because I've done this now for, I've done the paranormal investigating for 15 years. And I, I worked really, really hard. And he was like, yeah, but this is more like play. And I'm like, no, nope, brother, it's not at all like play. 
uh, we each one worked really hard. And there were days when we wouldn't come out of our, our rooms because we were exhausted. Oh, sure. And we would text each other. We'd be in the same strip of rooms and we'd be like, brother, you all right, Logan? You know what I mean? He's, yeah, baby, I'm okay. And I'm like, all right, I love you. You know, <laughs> <laughs> pass back out. And for me, I eat all the time. So I'm like, I, I've got to go get a biscuit. I'll see y'all later. Like, yeah, I, I got to eat and go back to bed. I think it's, I always think it's funny when someone says like overnight success. Because people did that for me when my, my like, luckily... My, my, my podcast hit uh, top 100 podcasts for, for oh, quite a while now, and it's been really great. But, like, people do that to me. They're like, oh, man, you're an overnight success. Like, other people that do podcasts, oh, you're an overnight success. And I was like, no, I've been doing this, working really hard to get where I'm at for years. And and you're right. It's 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 nice to finally have that kind of a recognition. And and when I, I – this is just me saying it. I personally think when – People get a load of this show. They're not going to know what to expect. Even with the, like you see in the commercials and seeing the trailers, you're not going to know what to expect in the best way possible. And and you just feel like, oh, I just want to hang out with everybody on this show. And that's that's what my favorite thing. Now that makes me incredibly happy. I'm grinning from ear to ear like an idiot because that <laughs> makes me incredibly happy. I you know you do you work so hard on something and you you hope and pray that people like it. And it was never an idea of like, we hope it's commercial success. The, the cast never thought like that. Our thing was, let's get through this together and leave these situations better than we found them. Sure. Yeah. And make these people's lives better and maybe uh, heal some of those, those spirits that can no longer speak for themselves. That was our takeaway. And the fact that it has been received to that capacity, like, like, the amazing compliments that you just gave us, which are mind blowing. Thank you. No, no, it's true. It, I, we never once really approached it from doing it. We were just doing the work that we knew we needed to do. I, I think like, like that's the good thing is like when I did this, when I started this podcast, I was like, this is my own little corner of the internet. And I'm just going to talk about the stuff I want to talk about. And if it finds an audience, great. And I think that's what happens is people generate towards this kind of material and that audience is built in and ready to go. Like just based on every live show I've ever done with, with my audience where I've gotten people that unfortunately their, their family just disown them for no reason whatsoever. Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm sorry that you have to disown your child because they're different than you. And, and, it, and it drove, it, it broke my heart because I, I never had to deal with that. But then, then to hear it over and over and over again from fans and friends alike, and then to see it on TV and, and to know like, Hey, you're not alone. Like there's an episode where you're talking to somebody about like, um, I think it was you that said like when you were 13 or 14, you were going, you know, he had a really rough and, and they broke down in tears. And I was like, man, that's what so many of my fans and friends went through and they can see this show and go, I'm not alone. There is people, there are people out there. I can find my people. From your mouth to God's ears. When I was 15 years old and, um, I was, I, I, I my coming out story was horrific my father is, uh, who is still alive, is uh, a religious zealot sociopath. Uh, he threatened to to beat the, and I'm going to say politely, but he threatened to beat the gay out of me. He used different words, and the and I was panicked, and and I for 24 hours because we were beat as kids. We were very abused mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, and so, I, you know, going to Tonopah and seeing this mother try to respect her non-binary 
child's life, seeing her, her the mother struggle with the pronouns and and stop and say, wait a minute, hold on, I got to get this right because yeah. this is my child. I, I I was starting to lose it. And then Logan, who was next to me, said, you know, my mother's worst fear was to have a gay son. I, I patted him on the back and then my head dropped. And when my head dropped, Juju and Alex and Roz were next to me and they they said, what's going on? What's Ken, What's going on? And then Roz took me to a bathroom. And that's the first time that I really talked to them about being homeless. My, my father, I, I just said, you know, you're not going to beat me anymore. You're not going to beat me anymore, and I'm not taking that. And I and I I called child protective services, and I found in a one school day, I found a job, I found an apartment to rent, I found a way to make my life happen, and um, I I had these these horrific scars though, this abandonment and rejection, and so to have Roz create a space for me in that bathroom, we've had I I completely disassociated from filming a show. I was sobbing. And, and, and talking to my friend about the fact that I was, I wondered what my life would be like if I had parents that really loved me and didn't kick me out. You know, I could have been a doctor. I could have been a lawyer. I could have been something great to have Roz say, well, we're not going to abandon you. We're not going to reject you. And in my book, you're doing pretty good, Ken. I, I just wept like yeah. a baby. And I think that was the emotional moment in the show where I, it hit me. I'm with my people yeah, doing what I was made to do. And regardless of having a parents that loved me or not, and regardless of being a, a, a paranormal investigator versus a doctor or a lawyer, it just, in that moment, it didn't matter. I was doing exactly what I was meant to do. And I hope that there are people at home, young kids like me who are struggling and they can look at that and say, you know, he didn't do so bad. You know, he did okay. And if he can make it, then I can make it. And if that's what happens, then I'll die a very happy man. Okay, it's you did great. Like honestly, like the 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 strength that you showed for for so many people, like in the cast and and outside the cast, and all the locations and and the things that you guys found out about the locations, like like I said, it it was way more than I I thought I was going to get out of a show, and I loved it. And like I said, I had to focus on it because it was it is again, it's what I think it's what. Unfortunately, sadly, it's 2023. We shouldn't need that right now, but we need that more than ever. Yeah, it, but you know, I'm really looking forward to a time when we all say it's okay yeah. to be what you are. And we don't need to specialize things. I'm, I, I would like some normality in our, in our um, approach to equality, no matter what the thing is. Um, as long as it doesn't hurt anybody, right? Sure. I, I think like that would be. I would. I long for that day when when all the when all the when all the people can say it's okay, it's okay, and just learn to love each other. Will that day ever come? I hope so. You know, um, it would be it would be great to not have to sort of defend yourself against people because you're working on a TV show and they're upset because you're gay. You know, I um, I, I I'm 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 fearful of that for the entire cast because like you know that there's going to be some people some pockets that are going to get angry at what you did which is just ridiculous because you know what you got the remote turn it off if it's not for you or watch it and try to learn from it is would be my <laughs> advice but you know who am I but like it's yeah. just it's crazy <laughs> that that like I said that that we have to be that way yeah 
And I think the main takeaway from it is we're all made of the same stuff. Yeah. And the show, I think, proves that we're we all live and then we all die. So we have the most major things in common, the most major things, life and death. We have this in common. And if we can just start there, maybe the extension of that is since we have these big things in common, we can let these smaller things sort of chill out. I hope so. I really do. And and I got to say that one of the things that I really liked is, and obviously feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think I am at all, that you didn't fake anything, any of the stuff that that came up on camera was genuine. I've been on enough paranormal investigations to go, that is exactly how people react when a REM pod goes off after it's been silent for like an hour and all of a sudden it pops off and everybody's like, oh, hey, it's you are there. Yeah, the it's 100% real. In fact, um, the, the, the reality of it is a lot of things that happened that were the most intense did not make it in the show. No kidding. There was a moment at the Copper Queen where we were doing a spirit board session. And I do spirit board sessions tr- very traditionally, the Victorian way, where you candles and you're in, you're, you're there with the board and nobody leaves the circle until I've closed the circle. Yep, you know what I mean? Yep, like, yep. yeah, I get kind of bossy. So I got to work on that. Anyway, nobody leaves the circle. <laughs> and we're, we, we were doing the spirit board and the planchet was spelling out a name. And um, uh, we called out to that name. And then it was probably two maybe two seconds later you hear this huge bang and logan shot up and i grabbed him by the pants and pulled him back down i said do not leave the circle so i shut the circle down and then paranormal investigator me i ran around the room exactly and i i and it sounded like it came from inside of the piano that was in the uh in the uh area that we were doing the the uh spirit board session session i flipped the piano around we turned the piano around i was inside the piano then i thought it came from the other side of the wall so i ran the other side of the wall and i took my fist and i punched the wall to see if i could recreate the sound turns out the walls are made of stone and concrete and i let loose a stream of expletives and thought i had (laughs) broke my hand so there's a lot of things that happened that didn't make it we were all there uh, at the Copper Queen when coffee mugs or coffee cups were thrown down the staircase. Um, they, they not Everything that happened was captured. And I thought that showed great restraint. But at the same time, I, I'm really, I really wish the people at home could have seen exactly how freaky it really got. And that Copper Queen is just one example. Oh, yeah, sure. But that's, I mean, but that is a paranormal investigation. You're not, you, you don't always have the camera pointed in the right direction or you don't always, you never catch it up. Like I heard that I, it should be on the recorder and it's not. So again, mm. maybe it's just because I've done so many. I get it. Like I, but like, like I said, the responses that you guys were doing were so genuine. And then the exhaustion that I saw. I was like, that is an all-nighter. You've pulled an all-nighter. Just, just give me one more thing. That's all I ask. Yeah. yeah. Well, there was there was so much happening in like uh, the Limp Mansion in our last episode that um, it, it just speaks to how exhausted we really were. I it was like two or three o'clock in the morning, and I'm hearing footsteps in the hall, and my door's open. I'm looking like my bed was right there. I could see there was nobody. These were you know, spirit steps. And, um, and the thing was, I would flip my camera on and be like, here's the noise. Here's what's happening. And I would view and show everybody. Then I would sit back down and I would go back to eating my quesadilla because they were late at night. We had had food brought in and all I wanted was this chicken quesadilla with extra jalapeno, (laughs) you know, I being Ken boggle about it. 
And every time I put the quesadilla to my mouth, it would happen again. And I think I just looked at the camera and said, I would really just like to finish my effing quesadilla. <laughs> <laughs> and you've been there. Right oh, there yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll get to you. I'll get to you. Yeah. Where all you want is the quesadilla, brother. That's like all you want in life. And then you, the spirits are like, no, we must talk. No, I, that's I've like you said, I've been there. I've been there many a times, but you've also yeah. all of you, which I was really surprised. I didn't expect all of you to do it. You all ran towards the paranormal. There was yeah. every time I've done an investigation, there's always one person that is like, oh, I'm not going in there. Everybody <laughs> ran towards it. It was fantastic. I, I think of my friends from the ghost, uh, you know, the ghost brothers uh, who are phenomenal men. Uh, they scream a lot. They run a lot. Yeah. And these are these are big strapping guys. Like you've, I'm sure if you've met them. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, wonderful guys, but they run. They run, and I'm like, the difference is when you're a paranormal investigation, you run toward that's what exactly it. You. Yeah. You don't run away. And I think that's another reason why I'm glad it's a queer cast because we've we've ran enough. We're not <laughs> running anymore. And I think that it tells you how tough we really are because like. There's no way on God's green earth I ever thought I would sit there in a room full of 2,000 clowns, blindfolded in sensory deprivation, trying to speak to the dead. That is the story of nightmares. That is uh, the plot of, like you said, poltergeist. Yeah, you know? it really is. And then uh, to sit there and say, stay, stay here, do the work, do the work. It made me grow, man. I, I grew, I, I had even more chest hair than I went in with. That's, uh, it really caused me to man up and uh, I'm, I'm here for it. But the thing that I hope people at home get to see is Alex. Because Alex is this ethereal, very Stevie Nicks in the 70s. Like sure. long blonde hair, beautiful. Alex LeMay is gorgeous. They, they all the women and you know they all are um but you never expect that alex is the one that says is that a coffin was there a dead body in it can i get in it right I, i'm like what the hell like what are you serious right now and uh to go to waverly hills and her say, That's what I was is that a say. Body? yeah is that a is that a body tray is in this more can i were there bodies in there yeah can i get in it and i'm like what uh, thank God for Alex because she does things the next level. But I think it's going to be very good for people at home to see just because she presents like a beautiful, ethereal, uh, punk vampire princess. She is uh, as courageous as any man I've ever met. Oh, yeah. More so. Oh, even no. more so. I was trying to figure out, I was like, all right, there's obviously going to be a, a camera person in that sliding chair. I'm like, there can't be. She's got to be filming herself in there in Waverly, one of the scariest places, whether you believe in the paranormal or not. And she's just in there being brave as all hell. And I'm like, that's, a, that's perfect. And to be getting paranormal evidence from that REM pod and the yeah. Oculus, I think she was using, um, in that moment and not panic and run is just, is just phenomenal. That um, Alex LeMay is is a force, a real force. I think you all kind of faced your fears. You definitely did. Roz did just by getting sleeping in any place that's paranormal. Uh, but like you all seem to have your own little like uh, idiosyncrasies that you faced, and it was it was cool. Like I said, it was cool to watch you all gel and become more of a family instead of a team by the end of this the season. And I'm glad it comes off the way because that's exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened. I I look at Roz and her struggle, and and the truth is, I pushed Roz harder than I should have 
um, and I and I, I think I've apologized to her enough about it, but I pushed Roz harder than I should have because Roz has real reasons why she does not want to be touched at night when she sleeps. Roz has real fear about that. And I kept saying, Roz, this is the job. This is the job. Sure. You you must stay here. And I, I in a lot of ways I feel I feel like maybe I, I pushed Roz too hard, but she did it. She did it. Yeah, uh, and conquered. She yeah. was the soldier. And in the end, if uh in the end, I think that it shows a growth of uh a really strong skepticism to an open-minded skepticism to her being saying, Okay, now look, I've had some things happen I can't explain. You know. Well, that's how I think like every time any I'm on a on a show and I'm being interviewed, they always like, you know, you can start you just must be a believer. I'm like, no, no, I'm a skeptical believer. Like I want to believe. But I don't think that everything is paranormal. I don't think that most things on the other paranormal shows I saw are paranormal because I've done so many investigations. I can say, well, that's fake because you got your walkie talkie next to a REM pod. That's why it's going off. Like there's there's little keys, but like I want to be, a, I 100% want to believe. I know that that I, in my personal opinion, I think science will explain the paranormal. I just don't think we've got there yet. But like, I think that it's really important for people to have an open mind, you know, on both sides. Like there's the scientific community that like Neil deGrasse Tyson that just won't even listen when you say, well, you know, the government came forward and said we have UFO. No, they didn't. Nope, nope, nope. I'm like, well, you got to yeah. have an open mind. And, and, and same on the religious side, you got to have an open mind. There's, there's, there's a lot of paranormal things that happened in Christianity. You should have an open mind. So it's nice to finally see like the balance um, being represented so well on TV. Absolutely. And it's about time. Yeah. You know, it's about time. And I think, I think you need, what you said about being a open-minded skeptic and, and being a, a believer who yeah. wants to believe a skeptic who wants to believe you need that. And I think that anybody who approaches this field in, in terms of real work, you, if you're going to be fair and balanced, you must, you must have some level of skepticism. Yeah. Why would I punch a brick wall? I, I didn't know it was brick. And in the end, I keep talking about it because it was the most ridiculously stupid. <laughs> Why didn't I pat it? Why didn't I rub it? Why Just knock just on it. Just and, knock. Elaine, Elaine White was like, what? And, you know, like Elaine's amazing. She said, well, that's Ken. You're going to break your hand and you're the one that shuffled cards. Well, really? What are we doing? You right? Know, like, yeah. You just ruined the whole, come on. We got setups yeah, to do. Come yeah. on, Ken. Um, so, yeah, that that is, I think, important. You got to have uh, that Roz Hernandez approach of I want to believe i think there's something and i'm here to investigate it that's what you really got to do i think if you oh, want to yeah. if you want to be fair and balanced now i remember i actually talked about it in my paranormal news from one of my episodes a while ago about the casting for this when they announced like hey we're looking for and and i was like oh this is going to be awesome and a lot of my fans are like you should do it and i'm like look i'm a huge supporter of the lgbtqa community but i'm not I don't represent it and I don't want to be on that show and then have someone go, Oh, he's just a straight white guy. He shouldn't be on the show. You're right. I shouldn't. I don't want that. Like, I don't want that to, to mar the show, but I also used to work at a bar. I won't say the name of it. And, and Kristen would come in all the time and I would talk to her because she's just fucking awesome. Um, I would yeah. talk to her and, and I was like, when I found out it was her doing it, I was like, this is the perfect person to get this out there. Absolutely. When I, when we were doing the chemistry test as the final part of the auditioning process and, and casting process, rather, um, I was, I, I went from a hauler in southeastern Kentucky to 
the Hollywood Hills where I'm at this huge mansion and I'm staring down at all the lights of LA and we're, we're all there together. And I was having a hard time reconciling that. Like, how do you do, how does, how does this make sense? And then boom, here comes Kristen freaking Stewart right. toward me. And she said, Hey Ken, you know, very grounded, very cool, very, very mellow. Hey Ken. And kind of pushes her hair behind her ears. And she, she's like, uh, I want to introduce you to my friend. And she brings CJ over and she says, CJ, this is Ken Bogle. I, I peed a little, <laughs> I did. I'm not going to lie. I kind of a little. And, um, cause like, you know, Kristen Stewart's a BAFTA winner. Kristen Stewart's an Emmy is, is an award-winning actress who is, um, in my book, one of the, one of the, the best uh, that we've got going. And uh, I respected and loved her as an actress, but then to see her try to make me feel comfortable yeah. was like to see her heart. Then to also watch her as we did an episode uh, where she was really with us the entire time, uh, to watch her participate in that and to see how she was uh, approaching it made me feel so much confidence about the fact that I was a part of it and what we were really doing there. Uh, that I stopped the panic and I stopped the worry because I'm like, this is going to go exactly the way I hoped it would. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's the thing, like, you know, living out here in, in I'm in Burbank, uh, California, I, and I've lived out here for 20 something years and, and just living out here, you're going to be around celebrities and you either freak out openly or you freak out in your mind a little bit. And then you go, Oh wait, they're just a person in there. And either I like them or they're a person and they're someone I don't want to talk to at this party. And, and you're right. You kind of just have to come to grips with it. And sounds like you did it the right way. Oh, well I, I say that, but then we were at the LA premiere and there was Demi Lovato and I, <laughs> I just bowed. <laughs> I bow, I bow anytime because I, I believe that you should greet the light in a person as much as you greet the person and that you should, you should honor that person. I start from honor and respect from the jump, how we go from there is up to us as people. But I like that. I, I just sort of bowed to her and, uh, and I got really comfortable with her and, and, but I was totally freaking on the inside. I, cause I, I'm like, what do you, what do you do in the moment? Split second. What do you do? That's Demi Lovato. So I just dipped and bowed and tipped my hat and how are you doing, madam? And these kinds of things and, and, uh, being Southern <laughs> and, um, yeah, it, th those things were great, but I now being able to look at you know having my phone bleep up and it's Krista Stewart who has something nice to say to me, it 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 makes it it makes you feel like hey she is a part of the team she yeah. does actually care, and uh, the all the producers are the same way. If you ever reached out to any of them, uh, they they all care for you. And even the EPs and APs, they were all great. Um, I. I sometimes will call the showrunner Elaine White and I'll just say, Hey, I'm kind of freaking out a little bit. I'm scared about this, or I'm having trouble reconciling going from the holler to Hulu. And she'll talk to me for an hour. If I holler to Hulu, how do you not have your own behind the scenes show about that? That's the perfect title. Well, brother, we're writing, I've finished my book called becoming Ken Boggle. And, um, I kind of tell the story about how I become Ken Boggle. And I think now the, the subtitle is become a Ken Boggle from the holler to Hulu. I it's think that perfect. Yes. Cause it's a, it's, it's a lot of people sit there and they think, Oh, well, you know, working on in show business is not hard at all. What do these people have to complain about? Or what do these people have to be concerned about? You go to the gym, you learn your lines. What, what's so hard about that? And the reality of it is when you were in it, it is a horse of a different color. Yeah. And uh, you're talking about major 
mental and emotional traumas and triggers that pop up when you turn on your phone and it says, oh, hey, your billboard's on uh, the 405 and the next one's going to be in Times Square. You're what? You know what I mean? Like I grew up with people spitting on me and, and beating me up. Why? How do I have this life? How do I get to have this journey? And it, it messes with you. And it, it's it's been a real struggle for me. And, and luckily I get to call a cast and I get to call my boy Logan or Roz. Roz, who's always very grounded and wonderful and juju. And they talk me through it. They're like, it's okay, Ken. It, it's fine, bub. You don't worry about it. This is this is our path. Just you enjoy know? the ride. Yeah. Now, did you think yeah. about that prior to uh, auditioning? Were you like, nah, maybe I shouldn't audition because what if? You know, did you go down that path? I, I initially wasn't even, I wasn't, I didn't initially want to even audition or try out for the show. I, I was minding my own business on Twitter and it was like my DMs would just plop open every now and then with somebody saying, you have to do this. And um, finally, Elizabeth Saint from Ghost of Shepherdstown, who produced my show, Tarot Date with Ken Bogle Tarot Date, on yeah. Space and Cosm. Uh, she said, look, I just filled my thing out and did my video and I talked the entire time about you. So you, you owe me. Oh, you have that. to go fill your form out now. And Elizabeth being my version of Alice and me, the Mad Hatter, I'm like, okay, Alice, let's go to the other side of the glass again and let's <laughs> see what this, I, I did not conceive of it because I genuinely did not think I would make it. Um, I, I saw a lot of people who, even at the chemistry test, gorgeous, I'm telling you, Kurt, gorgeous people and young and and already had a level of celebrity and here i am 39 i don't fit the mold of what hollywood is you know i carry a little extra weight i'm very southern my teeth aren't perfect um and i have a look but it's not hollywood look you know so i i never conceived even during the chemistry test after they whittled it down from thousands to 12 to seven that I would make it. I, so I never even fathomed what it would it mean to me if I did make it or what would that look like? I never occurred to me. Now, did they let you know throughout the process, like you're in the thousands, now you're in the dozens, now you're in the 12, now you're, I mean, they, or do you just kind of keep going? Well, they haven't asked me yet. I guess I'll just stay. It's that. Okay. Yeah. It's exactly, so we did, I think, and I, we were, the cast and I were just talking about this the other night. I think that we did the chemistry to, we did the chemistry test somewhere in July or August, and then we didn't hear anything again until December. Yeah, that's Hollywood. Yep, that checks. Yeah, and uh, we, you know, there there were seven of us, and we were all texting. We formed a group, the seven of us, and we were trying to get to know each other because just in case, sure. you know, you want to kind of know who you're who you're in with. And we were all very big uh, uh, in our chat. And uh, one day, I was at I was selling shampoo at a salon here in uh, Lexington where I live and uh, uh, the phone rang and I picked it up and it was them. And they said, you made it. And my first response was why, why, <laughs> why, why? And um, the casting company was very good to me. They were like, well, you're our, you're, you know, our Southern gentleman. That's like, we need you. And we, we need your storytelling and we need you, you know, in your paranormal investigation history is extensive. Yeah. We need that. And I was like, thank God for that. Because there's some of those people who are just gorgeous. I'm like, if they're, they want a hit show based on beauty, I ain't going to make it. You know? <laughs> I'm bringing the curve down is my book, you know, <laughs> but uh, it was, it was nice, but it was terrifying. I, 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 
because because the more I went through each process and each step, the more I knew in my heart I wanted this more than anything. And is and that's the worst part of it is like you could go into it not really wanting it. And like you said, the closer you get, the more you want it, the more you want it. And then if you don't get it, it's, I mean, that's Hollywood that in a nutshell, that's where the heartbreak comes from. Any, any wannabe actor. Like I went through that process for decades when I first moved out here you know, auditioning, thinking I got it. No, there's no chance I didn't get, it. Oh, I didn't get that one. All right. And then you do see who get it and you're like, that guy got it. Well, okay. You know, you like that kind of heartache, but I love the fact that you, you, seem to ground each other even before you became a show you were grounding each other we when when they came down to it and we found out who the 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 spooky bitches were these five ghost hunties when we found out uh i think it was uh later no it was the next night we all did a video chat we all did a video chat where we just sort of said to each other who we were and and kind of really connected and, and, uh, sort of talked about our hopes and, uh, our fears and, uh, sort of got to really know each other. And from then on, it's been, you know, me and Alex text all the time, Logan and I call each other and have a cup of coffee together. I you know, you, it's hard, it's hard to catch Juju. Uh, Juju is a busy, busy lady. And so is Roz. It's hard to catch them. But when I do, I, we, it's wonderful. And we're, we're texting between, each time we do catch one another. So it's a, it's an overused word in the workplace to say we're a family, but we're a family. It's a real thing. No, it and comes think, off like that. It really does. Well, there was a, a one, I think one of the executive producers, maybe it was David Collins from scout. He said that uh, they were showing the, the, the footage to uh, the executives and things. And the executive says, well, how long have they lived together? Right. How long have they been living together? David's like, they haven't. <laughs> Not yet. You know, they, they haven't. Um, but they are now. <laughs> you know, they Seriously. are living together now in tight quarters doing the best they can. That's like that's what I keep that's what I keep going back to is like I get like how exhausting mentally and physically exhausting it is just to do a paranormal investigation. There's sometimes where you leave that paranormal investigation and you're like, man, I gotta eat like 10,000 calories because I feel like I haven't yeah. eaten in a week and I'm just so mentally exhausted. And then you guys have to get right into an RV and go and do it again. Like the tightest, tightest quarters. That's impressive. Yeah. I mean, I, it was, and also I think they were probably sick to the back teeth of me eating because like, I can't say no to a gas station hot dog to save my life. If there's a, if there's a hot dog on a roller, I'm, I don't care how long it's been on there. Bob, <laughs> I'm, I'm eating it. I mean, it. And uh, uh, Roz makes jokes. So she says, you know, I hate the smell of hot dogs. And here Ken is having another hot dog. And eventually she kind of forgave me for it. And, and we laugh about it. And, and it's really great. Um, and they, honestly, they never once made me feel bad about it. I was like, there goes Ken having another hot dog. Or there goes Ken eating another donut. There I was going to say, you know? or a donut. You, I mean, I've never seen so many donuts on a paranormal show ever. That right there, you should be sponsored by. Brother, from your mouth to God's ears, Roz Hernandez slammed. And I watched her do it. You know, lots of people in Hollywood, they'll act like they're eating a, oh, a, yeah. a pastry and then they spit it out. Not Roz Hernandez, man. She was just pounding <laughs> those donuts and still gorgeous. I mean, Roz Hernandez is just gorgeous. And uh, she was doing it, living it, and because she loves donuts. She even said, my coping mechanism or strategy is donuts, and that's not currently helping anymore. And, you know, like uh, the donuts aren't really helping cure the the, the panic or the, the fear. 
So um, it was great to see that uh, play out on one of the episodes, even uh, where she was talking about her love for donuts. And she's, uh, I'm grateful for her because that's just another thing that she and I have in common that we can meet at is, hey, you gonna eat that donut? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it was always like in, in the background. I was like, look, there's donuts in the background. Oh, there's a donut in the you know, RV. Like it was just constant. I loved it. I mean, if Dunkin' Donuts or Krispy Kreme or somebody wants to get a hold right? of us, I'm sure we could gladly do a little something about donuts. A hundred percent. Someone <laughs> needs to get on top of that. You guys easily yeah. could do something. It's fantastic. <laughs> Absolutely that. So are there any, I, I don't want to take up too much of your time. We're hitting an hour and I thank you so much for this. This has been the best conversation. Um, oh, my pleasure. I, 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 I'll keep you for a couple more minutes because I have to find out like, are there, were, did you get to say what places you wanted to investigate or were they already decided? I think we were each asked a location that we wanted. I myself wanted to go to the original house uh, of, of the exorcist. Oh, sure. Like the real story. Yeah. Like the, yeah, yeah. the boy in the, in the, you know, in St. Louis and Washington that was really going through that. I wanted to go in there. Um, the EP, uh, well, actually it was Elaine White in her infinite genius said to me, well, what do you think if we did an episode in Kentucky? I said, please, because if we can make the people of Kentucky proud, we've won the game. Right. Like this is not always a very welcoming state for the LGBTQ. It's not always very welcoming and it's very deeply entrenched in religion. I'm like, if we can win Kentucky and make them proud of us and bring them on board and they see that there's a Kentucky boy who's making Kentucky proud, yeah. then we, we've got it. So um, she asked me where I wanted to go. And she said, what do you think about Waverly Hills? I said, I don't know. Everybody and their stepmom's done Waverly Hills. She said, I, we're, what if we did it different? And I said, okay, that's my vote, Waverly Hills. And so we did. And the end result is one of my favorite episodes. That oh, Waverly Hills episode with Josh and his uh, partner, Rachel, it just one of my favorites. I got to really be involved in that in a, a huge way, I guess, because I'm Ken from Kentucky. But um, it was it was one of my favorites. So I, I although I didn't get the exorcist house, I got something a lot better, which was a and, chance to go back home and talk about helping somebody. That was a perfect example of helping somebody, not only just helping the dead, but helping the living. And and, yeah. and it, it came across. It really did. And I can't wait for the people at home to see what happens once we released him from that from that attachment. What transpired after that? Because that, and we'll tease the audience by just saying, is something that never happened on any paranormal television ever in the history of paranormal TV. What happened when we released him from that that attachment has never been captured before on a paranormal television show. Yeah, and it was a beautiful, wonderful thing that we got to see and be a participant of. And, um, and I actually, I talked to Rachel and Josh about once every two or three weeks. Oh, no kidding. No, that's awesome. I, I mean, like that. Yeah. They're coming down to Kentucky, uh, to, um, Lexington. They live in Louisville, of course, Waverly Hills. Uh, they're coming down to Lexington. I'm doing a viewing party to benefit Lex Arts. Um, and we're going to, we're going to play the Waverly Hills episode and they're going to come down and talk to the audience about. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, they're going to come down and give us some of their time and I, I can't wait to see them. It's going to be wonderful. Well, that's, you talk about being in the Hollywood, that's a perfect segue to now is your chance to plug anything that you want to plug because that's the whole point of this show is I want to promote and plug and and back anything that my guests do. Well, I mean, I want everybody to please be binging this Living for the Dead October 18th on Hulu and Disney+. Plus. 
Um, you can find me at kenboggle.com. You can find Roz at Ghosted by Roz Hernandez. Um, follow Juju, Alex, and Logan. They we, we each one have something different. Alex has an amazing talent for creating creepy jewelry and amazing paranormal investigation tools. The equipment is fantastic, uh, yeah. Yeah, check out Alex LeMay. Follow her. Logan is one of the best mediums I've ever seen, so find him at, at IntuitiveLogan. That's on Instagram. And uh, Juju Bay does tons of healing and readings all the time. Find her. Um, and then uh, I'll, I'm going to be in uh, Scarefest I'm gonna, this year, the 20th, the 23rd, I think. And um, I'll be doing my own charity stuff that I do every single year for uh, through the holidays. So please keep up to date with me so that we can make the holidays better for children in need. Oh, I love that. And, yeah, well, I, I grew up as a child in need. And I think when you come out of it, it's your responsibility to be your brother's keeper and help people out. And uh, that's I believe it's a part of all of our responsibilities is to help those kids have better lives and, and better holidays. Uh-huh. So, um, yeah, stay in touch with all of us. We're on all the social medias. I love it. That's perfect. And can the, do, do you do readings? Can people do readings with you? Absolutely. I do uh, private readings and I also do um, classes. I teach tarot 101 through 201. I, I set it up just like a, a college course. That's fantastic. I, um, I also teach psychic development, which is a way for people to take this intuitive gift they were born with and fine tune it, separate it from their anxiety, their fears, their, their imagination, and learn to trust their intuition again to learn to trust themselves again so i i do that all the time you can set that up with my assistant by going to kenboggle.com oh my god i'm checking that that one i'm checking out 100 percent. i i that's one thing i've always wanted to do and i i ask that every time i'm like can anybody be and everybody i've ever asked is like yeah everybody's got that you just have to it's a skill you got to learn so yeah i yeah. love that so get, get on in and do that we do that um we do that online or in person, so you can you can schedule that whenever you want. It's a four-week course to do psychic development. We meet once a week for four weeks, and by the time it's over, your your final, because you do have to pass the test, is to read me. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, people get really nervous about it. Um, uh, yeah, but, I haven't even taken the class, and I'm terrified about that. <laughs> but the end result is I've, 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 I've had uh, about a 94 five percent success at getting people to trust their intuition and their their uh, inherent given gifts so oh i'm so excited to check that out uh ken again you are the nicest nicest person in the world i'm so happy that you are awesome as in person as you were on the show when i was watching it thank you so much oh it's my pleasure thank you kurt have a beautiful day thank you so much have a great one all right bye I really hope you guys enjoyed that conversation because it was fantastic for me. Like I said, what I should have done once he was on the call, I should have just went down my questions because I had a bunch of them. Don't you don't believe me? How about how about this? Tell me how you got how you got cast and what was the process like? All right, we talked a little bit about that. How'd you get into the paranormal? Were you a self-taught tarot reader? Have you ever refused to give someone a reading or tell them what you're seeing in the reading because of what was in that? Did they tell you the show was going to be way more than a typical paranormal show? Who decided to include bar drinking? See, there's so many questions. I could keep going. I've got 15 more questions. Will Kristen do investigations with you in the future? Um, You know, like a bunch of cool questions. But instead, I was just having a great conversation with somebody who was just a cool guy that was also into the paranormal that happens to be on a great paranormal show. So 
I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation. Once again, go on, go on over to KenBoggle.com. KenBoggle.com. Um, I would, I would really recommend if you do want to get like a reading from him or something to do it now, because when this show pops off and I know it's going to very soon because it came out today, he's going to be booked for a while. So if you want to get in there, now is the time to get in there. Um, book with them now because yeah, Ken's, Ken's got such a bright career ahead of him. And I'm very happy that, uh, after all the hard work he did to get where he is, he gets to see all of the fantastic reactions to the show starting now, starting with hopefully not starting with me, but continuing with me and starting today because the show just dropped. Uh, so once again, I'd like to thank everybody for living from the dead, living for the dead. Uh, fantastic show. Check it out. Disney plus and on Hulu. I watch, I would say watch it on Hulu, but that's just me. Uh, they're both fine. I'm just saying, you know, if you got, if you got them both, throw it up on Hulu or watch them both on both. I don't care. Just watch it is the main thing. Anybody connected to this show, if you want to be on Paranormal Almanac, you have an open invitation. You can email me at paranormalalmanac at gmail.com. You can reach out to me on any of the social medias. And uh, let's book something because I got a million more questions. I haven't even scratched the surface. And I'd love to talk with you guys. Uh, what did you guys think of the conversations? Are you excited to see this show? Have you seen any of the trailers or commercials for this show? Has it piqued your interests? If it hasn't, that's fine. But still, if you like Paranormal Almanac, then do me a favor. Give this show a chance. Watch an episode or two before you decide, is this show for me? Because, like I said, I think this show will surprise you. I really do. Once again, I'm your host, Kurt Sandig, and this has been another edition of Paranormal Almanac. Medvalar, the way you said no, no, no.